hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider, and today I'm actually going to be talking about the Thunder this time, and at least some rumors that have been swirling around. For like the last week or so, I've just been talking straight draft and draft lottery, like specifically prospects. And I cover the top five, and I probably will go into detail on you know, who I could kind of see as like the six, seven, and eight, uh, overall prospect, because that is where the Thunder can fall on lottery night, which is on Tuesday. We're a week out now, which is absolutely crazy. But yeah, I mean, I can discuss those probably the next week. Like I'm hoping I can talk to, um, to some other people, get some insights from not just people within like the Thunder fan base, but also some people from other franchises and kind of seeing where their headspace is at going into Tuesday because there is a lot at stake. But with this whole week, there's actually been news circulating surrounding the Thunder and just rumors in general. So I want to kind of tackle those. I got four things I really want to pinpoint in today's episode. I'm going to be talking about Vasile Micic and... He's just been a guy ever since, I'd say like maybe April, maybe May, I don't remember, but right when deck news was coming out, so was Michich's. Originally, he was expected to sign with the team, then his agent went out and said that's not true. Now we don't know what's going on, but there is interest from an organization in terms of, you know, as a trade ship. And then I'm also going to be talking about Gabrielle Deck as a potential trade piece. There was a story from The Athletic that mentioned him, you know, kind of as a signed player for a trade down the line. So I'll kind of give my thoughts on that. But then I'm also going to be talking trade rumors because the big thing that happened this past week has surrounded Al Horford and has surrounded two franchises in the Celtics and the Mavs who have just completely blown up to pieces. So they're kind of having a fire sale. Maybe the Thunder could sneak in. And I'm also going to be talking about another team looking to kind of reform in the LA Lakers and what is going on with Kyle Kuzma. But before I get into that, I just want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. We've seen a recent kind of influx in viewers, which is always great. I mean, for me personally, I do it. You know, if there's one person, two people want to listen, I'm happy with it, but it's just great seeing, you know, more of the uh, community kind of building up here. That's what I love doing. Community is kind of a big thing on this podcast. So thank you all. And, um, you know, if you guys want to check out other people, as I mentioned before, I am part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I am the Thunder affiliate. We got all the other teams now. There might be like one franchise that we don't have an affiliate for just yet, but pretty much everybody else you can listen to. So all the playoff coverage, you're going to be able to find it. Draft coverage, going to get all different perspectives. So You know, I've listened to a couple. Um, I'm a big fan of pretty much all of them. So, uh, yeah, make sure to check them out. You guys can find them on Twitter. I always tag them whenever I drop these podcasts. But anyways, just jumping right into the news, I want to start with Micic because he really has just been a player that's been on the grid for so, so long, and we haven't heard much, like, substantial evidence for anything. So, First, we heard reports that he was going to sign for the Thunder, and this was like during the regular season, and I guess it was written like he'd sign for the next year, so I guess this upcoming season, but then the agent turned it down, and it's kind of just been at a standstill, and we haven't heard much about Micic, but he got the EuroLeague MVP award about a month ago, and he killed it. I mean, he 
had a major turnaround. I think Anadalu FS even got to the final four, which is like a big, big deal in the Euro League. And he was just completely balling out. So he had crazy numbers. And, you know, the attention is kind of toward turning towards back on him, I guess. And if he ever wants to make the NBA jump, it looks like he can easily do that. I mean, he's 27 years old coming off an MVP in the second hardest league in the world where we've even seen decent NBA players go over there and struggle. It's a much, you know, more physical game over there. He can come over and be effective from the get-go. There's also, you know, a chance he doesn't pan out, but he has been just extremely thorough within Adalu FS. But anyways, there was a report from Eurohoops.net from Antonis Stragalakis. Hopefully I did not butcher that too bad, but he posted that there was kind of some rumors that the Bulls were interested in Vasily Micic. And for me, you know, right here, it doesn't really talk about what his actual trade value would be or truthfully what a contract would look like here. But it's pretty interesting that you'd see a team like the Chicago Bulls just come out of the woodworks and (laughs) want to trade for a guy like Micic. And it's understandable because you know, for the Bulls, they do kind of have some problems at the point guard position, and whenever I look at the Chicago Bulls, I don't immediately look at them as terrible, at least from a point guard perspective, because they do have Kobe White, but I understand there is kind of some concern as to if he projects as a true point guard. Vasily Micic, he is a pass first point guard. He is able to make crazy, crazy passes. He has amazing court awareness, and he even has a nice three. Shot about 38% in their Euro League this past season. So he's a perfect fit for really any team. I guess for the Chicago Bulls, they might just want depth. Like, if Micic is coming over, he's going to want minutes. That's something that has been reported just time and time again. And I'd assume he'd just walk right in and take some sort of position. Now, if you want to go into whether or not he's playing starting minutes, like 20 a game, whatever. I think he'd play 20. He'd be at least the backup point guard. And I mean, yeah, they definitely need some reinforcements there. And with them, kind of wanting to make this playoff push. Like they got Vucevic. Chances are their pick is going to Orlando. They're going to need assets. So if they want to try to go right out at the bullet, Micic would be a great pickup for them. I don't even know what's going on with Lori Markkinen, honestly. But the only people kind of standing in his way like Ryan Archie Diakono and Thomas Sadoransky. I think Kobe White's the only real safe point guard they have here. And even Sadoransky kind of splits time at the one and two. But yeah, if he gets traded over there, that'd be fine. And when I'm looking at a guy like Micic, you can take him for a couple second round picks. Now there's diminishing returns on all the Thunder's picks. And that is going to be an issue in like three years. When the Thunder are going for playoff races and they're left with picks they simply cannot use, those picks are going to be traded pretty much for nothing. Like everyone is going to want these Thunder picks and you're kind of just going to be having teams loaning off their draft picks to get a higher pick in the future. Like you'll get someone trading, I don't know, in 2025. Someone will throw out their 2030 first round pick to get the Thunders, you know, if it's like 15 or whatever the case may be, right? So there's going to be an issue. And I think with those second round picks, they'll practically be useless. But I don't even think we need Micic. And this is an argument that I think can be had with him because he is a very valuable player in terms of who's playing in Europe right now. He's definitely in the top three. 
You know, they've got guys like Alexi Sved playing over there. Anthony Randolph has been doing decent as well. Like, there's players who are great. And even guys like Mike James. Like, he's playing for the Brooklyn Nets, dominating off the bench right now. There's a lot of talent over there. But, um, you know, the truth is, like, I don't think the Thunder need to get these veterans right now. Especially with the current situation we have at the point guard spot and shooting guard spot. Because here's how I look at it. Micic would go in and he would, from an awareness standpoint, a teaching standpoint... SGA, Teo, Ty Jerome, anyone looking to handle the basketball is going to improve with Micic because he is one of the most refined passers probably, you know, in the Euro League. I'm not going to say in the world, but he's definitely up there in terms of handling the basketball, finding wide open targets. He's great and he could translate over, be a good point guard um, easily. But do you want to take 20 minutes away from a guy like Teo, away from a guy like Ty Jerome, and inserted into a 27-year-old who, truthfully, is not going to be present in any sort of championship run. At least that is what it currently looks like. You're you're thinking you're like two, three years away. And we don't even know what a contract from Micic looks like, by the way. I'd assume it wouldn't be like a Gabrielle Deck-structured contract. He's going to be making more than four mil. Like, that would be an absolute robbery, if not. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I just see him as a guy who I think the Thunder can trade. I would rather have Michich packaged in with like Al Horford than just straight up. I feel like that would kind of take away from his value because when you're looking at Michich right now, it's simply draft rights and, you know, you can throw me a first round pick. I'll, hell, take Michich, please. But with just two seconds, I don't know if it does it for me. You might need more. Uh, so I think a package with Al Horford does make more sense, at least from a value standpoint. You kind of iron out more and you get that other stone out with Al Horford anyways. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with seeing him gone. And the real thing is currently, Micic would be fine with the roster because when you're breaking it down, um, it's tight at the one and two already. Like SGA is going to be demanding 30 minutes, probably more than that. Teo Maladone, he's... 20 now like it was his birthday a couple days ago he's going to be demanding minutes Ty Jerome he got crazy out of nowhere he's one of the best shooters on our team he needs minutes and the big deal with the Thunder is they have had this four guard lineup or four guard rotation the entire year for full you know the full 72 games the only time they couldn't do this is when everyone was hurt but they always had four guards taking up all the minutes there. They don't really like to bend around in that regard. So I don't think Micic would make the cut if you were to select somebody with a draft pick. And the way it currently stands, I mean, if the Thunder land a top three, four pick, they're going to be hitting on a guard. You know, unless Mobley somehow goes into free fall mode, you're going to be landing a guard in Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs. And there's simply no way you're going to make room for Micic. He would, at best, be kind of a guidance role like Mike Muscala. And why would the EuroLeague MVP take that job? You know, he could just stay with Anadolu, play for Real Madrid. Any Anyone in the EuroLeague would love to have this guy. So I don't feel like there's a lot of pressure against him. I feel like he has the leverage of anything. If he doesn't want to be in Oklahoma City, a deal will happen. If he wants to stay with the Thunder, it gets sticky. But I don't think he'd want to do that if if the Thunder get anything through the draft. Now, he's a valuable piece. There's a reason why Presti wanted him. 
and originally he just seemed like a random guy just scribbled onto the deal but now he's an asset it's wild what Presti's doing um but yeah like I think a deal with just him getting away it doesn't really hurt anybody I think it's mutually beneficial you know for his trajectory and also ours it's kind of similar to what we saw with a guy like a Justin Jackson or Darius Miller where you know they can be effective but they're not going to be best utilized on the thunder like there's just not enough room and with so many picks on the way i think Micic would just get fizzled out so i love Micic as a player i think he'd be a really good backup for the thunder just someone else could take him though and if the bulls want to take a nab at it go for it i'm not going to assume they made like they, i don't even know if they can make an offer truthfully but it's good to know that there's at least some interest circulating um and we'll see kind of you know this isn't the last time we're going to hear Micic attached to someone else because people want to get these low budget point guards and I don't know what Micic is getting but I don't think he's going to be you know in that range like 15 mil a year he'd be rather you know like a rather budgety guy I'd say maybe he hits like 8 to 10 mil I don't know what the range is but yeah I don't think you're paying a premium for him and he could be at a amazing backup for the next couple years so that's what I that's really all I have to say with Micic I mean I've talked about him like five different times on the podcast we'll see though uh with Gabriel Deck I mean this is a person who has not been talked about because we played him for 10 games he was solid in the post he plays a lot bigger than what his six foot six height would you know kind of let off he's really top heavy and yeah I mean he was good I think um, shooting the basketball, he is not there yet, but he does have tools and he has room to grow. So this was an athletic article that came from John Hollinger. He went over all the different players who um, who either have player options, team options, or partial guarantees for next season. And one of those was Gabrielle Deck. So I really want to highlight him because I think what Hollinger said is kind of interesting. And for Gabriel, his next year, if it gets picked up, is going to be for $3.6 million. And he said that the Thunder signed this contract more with future trades in mind. And then he also went on to say that, you know, Gabriel was also very efficient, though. So maybe he could be a low budget option. But that first sentence really, really stuck, uh, stuck out to me. You know, how they picked him up kind of more with a future trade. And. You know, that can mean anything. Like, there's just so many rumors floating around. But I do think this kind of has merit to it because when you look at where the Thunder were two months ago, they had money to spend. Like, they were not at the salary floor anyways. And that's pretty much where if you don't meet the salary floor, you're going to be forced to pay it out anyways. So they were like four mil short of this floor. And they got deck. And, you know, that was kind of that. They filled that floor out. You would have been paying that four mil anyways. You just dice it up over everyone on the roster. So them getting deck was the most low risk move ever. And it had some upside to it. And he was impressive. I do think though, like he is a bit funky to play in a lineup because he's a great passer, but he's a person that you would rather just sag off on at the perimeter and wait and see if he's able to shoot the basketball. And he was effective playing uh, with Real Madrid from three. But outside of that, man, like he was just very, very 
awkward in terms of his shot. So I don't, I don't, it really didn't translate for me. And I don't know how the shot is going to work out past this. But everywhere else, I liked him, especially working inside. Uh, when you look at Deck, though, I mean, he's 26. It's kind of a similar thing to Micic, where he isn't necessarily old. Like, he's going to be hitting the his prime of his career. But also, look at the guys that are behind him. And I didn't mention it with Micic, but you already have Kenrich Williams kind of playing at the two guard anyways. And they got Charlie Brown Jr. I, I'm not going to really put anything into that but like with deck he was playing small forward and power forward you have poku you have Baisley, kenrich if he slides over isaiah roby you know like there's just too many cogs currently and you stack that up on the fact that the thunder they also have a pretty good shot to get a power forward or a center in this draft class i don't know where deck fits and He's, he's currently in the rotation. Like, in my opinion, he gets a cut of minutes. But I feel like he could be utilized in a package, like an Al Horford deal again. Or, you know, just someone needs some bench help. Deck would be a specialist that you could get on a budget. This is similar to what we did with Kenrich Williams. There's so many guys on the roster that are getting paid so little for extremely thorough bench roles. And that has a lot of value to it. I think that... We're going to have some surprises in terms of trades. Deck could be one of them, but it would kind of be like an under-the-radar deal. Like, Deck isn't going to fetch a ton on the market, but I could see a team wanting to fish out a second to, you know, try him out. He's much better than what a second-round pick would give you right now. And with the fact he's only 26, he can go up and up. And, I mean, the only real factor here is how he translates shooting the basketball everywhere else I like him I mean he's a bit sluggish but he puts his head down on drives he loves absorbing contact and um I mean passing like I said he is an absolute monster but I just don't know where he is uh currently so I do think he's a trade asset that you do need to keep your eye on because that contract is pretty lucrative for teams and you know like if someone wants to contend for the bench you know for a bench spot or playoff spot my bad they could look a deck. So, yeah, that, that's just what I think on him. Uh, I will mention, I guess technically I could say it with deck and Micic, but Vit Kredci is a guy that I could see playing for the Thunder. I think he's going to be on a two-way for the blue. We got him last year in the draft, like 37th, 38th pick. He's 6'8". He's a point guard. He's a great slasher. He can play one through three probably. I think he'd take minutes. I think he has the potential to be a very good backup, and I think he'd carve out a role. He's going to get the time, and even Josh Hall, too, if he sticks around, because we do have his rights uh, in terms of restricted free agency, but moving along from the guys that we do have on contract, I guess you could kind of say we do with Michich. I don't know. I'm going to talk about the trade rumors that we've heard, and the big deal has just been Al Horford's name, and it's not like people necessarily want Al Horford. It's kind of, we might need him. And this is almost what happened with Chris Paul. It's different, because with Chris Paul, I mean, shoot, he carried the Thunder to the playoffs, and the deal we made with the Suns looks, uh, it does not look great right now. Uh, I'm not terribly upset about it, because his contract was disgusting. Like, we couldn't have been in this situation at Chris Paul been on our team this year. 
everything would have looked different and we probably would have been a middle of the line like play-in team so it's a good thing we parted ways with Chris Paul return you can complain about it it sucks that we didn't get picked 10 but you know I think Ty Jerome's all right we'll see what happens with the 2022 pick but anyways with Chris Paul's deal and then we pick up a bad one in Al Horford the whole shtick was we're never going to be able to move this guy because now he's 35 years old and he's going to be making 42 million dollars if you were to play him for the next season and then you know cut him off for his last year because it is partially guaranteed but without that he'd be making 54 million dollars and that's going to take him until what he's 30 i guess when the season went in 36 37 yeah like 37 years old that's terrible so he wouldn't be a valuable asset it's clear that he's kind of on the downturn but he was decent enough to where he is not looked at as the worst contract in the league which is totally mind-boggling and the contracts that look worse have just came out of nowhere and one of them is a little bit of a surprise to me the first one is Kemba Walker and the second one is Kristaps Porzingis and I'm planning on talking about both of these guys later on probably after draft lottery um talks because I do think there's kind of some sort of interest what would happen draft day and a deal or something like that but yeah I mean with both them it's pretty interesting and I want to start out with Kristaps Porzingis honestly because this is a player that I would have never thought would be almost given away and not just given away like you would almost have to ship off a pick with with Kristaps Porzingis for anything to like come into fruition almost because he got signed and it was a five-year deal max making 158.2 million dollars like what on earth is that deal but anyways I mean he's only on year two of that he just finished his second year and now everybody within Dallas hates this man and it's because his defense was so shaky against the Clippers boy man like I wish the Clippers lost that series so much it would have made our future look so much better if Kawhi left or you know something happened there but when you look at what happened with the Mavs yeah the Clippers they could have fell apart too because everyone's pointing fingers there was an athletic article that was you know talking about the organization it kind I don't know if it touched up a lot on Porzingis but really the whole entire point was everyone's falling apart even Doncic could be traded which is absolutely ridiculous they're not going to trade Doncic uh but Porzingis he could be an easy guy you could trade away because he is pretty much like Al Horford you know like when the Thunder first got him because now he's getting three years left on his contract but it's actually a lot meatier than um than Horford's was because this is just kind of rough estimates I'm not going into like the hundred thousands here but over the next three seasons he's going to be making around a hundred million dollars so 33.3 mil is kind of the slice you'd be getting obviously it increases over time but I mean that is a lot of money that you need to be dealing with and for a team like if you're trying to compete a guy like Przingis is going to kill you luckily for the Thunder they have still sort of this window where they might have a year left where they're not really contending if they get a core together they're gonna be up and running right and I think Porzingis could actually slip into there he's 25 years old and I think he's a lot better than what people have been just 
saying about him like defensively he is a major major hole but on offense he can shoot the ball and he likes to take superstar responsibility sometime that's not gonna work next to Shea Gilgis Alexander and really quite frankly whoever we pair next to him he needs to just be a spot-up player who you know at times can make shots on his own because he can do that but he's not gonna be the forefront of the offense he averaged 20 points and nine rebounds with the Dallas Mavericks this year, and he shot 38% from three. That's good numbers. I think as a floor, he's going to be a good shooter for you, and the Thunder always need pick and pop players, all right? And he can rebound. He's good at rejecting shots. He averaged 1.3 of those. I remember playing for New York. You know, there was just highlight reels of him swatting shots. Now, he did have an ACL injury before he got traded but yeah I mean if he gets back to that level you're good with him I think he is a person that you could actually establish with SGA with everybody else but the thing is that contract is pretty ugly and if he doesn't pan out I mean you are just left with a major major problem for the next two seasons because I'm not putting much into the next one I think after that though it could turn into a a bit of an issue there so I think the deal of Horford going to Dallas would make sense because they sure up a bit on money they shave a year off of what a Kristaps deal would be and I mean they'd be smooth sailing for the Thunder they get Porzingis there's some potential here he still fits the timeline for the team and if you don't get a guy like Evan Mobley and you get someone like Jalen Green, you're going to be good. I mean, you'd have SGA, you had, you have Jalen Green, Dort is there, Poku versus Bays, that's a discussion that you can have, but you also have Porzingis too, and that's what I like about it. I don't think he really steals minutes from everybody, like Moses Brown clearly is not going to be the starter anymore, but we're not going to be getting Tony Bradley in this hypothetical. We're not going to be getting a draft pick in this hypothetical we're going to be good rotation wise and from power forward it's a bit sticky but it's a lot better than any other deal you could kind of chalk up and that's the other one I want to talk about in Kemba Walker with Kemba his floor is way higher than Przingis like Przingis could come in he can't play defense and his shot can be chalky then you just be so upset you got him Kemba's not going to be like that Kemba is a consistent point guard you know, even playing for the Celtics in kind of a wacky role, he was still fairly productive. I mean, he averaged 19 points, had four rebounds and five assists per game on 32 minutes a night, and even shot 36% from three. So he could do a little bit of everything. And above all, like he was not stealing reps away from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like they were still the forefront of the team. And if you put Kemba in with SGA, the same would still remain. Like SJ would still be the primary guy and Kemba can play off uh off of him and kind of play in the shadows for a little bit. So he can be positive there. But the only turnoff I have, I guess there's multiple, but number one, I mean he's 31 years old now and you're gonna have him for the next two seasons, so it's not as bad as Porzingis. And he's gonna be making over those next two 73 million dollars just about 73 mil and that's still a pretty penny to be just dumping away it's just like Horford though so 
you know, that's that, I suppose. You're going to get a first out of that because the Celtics need a center, and Horford fits like a glove with that organization. Kemba just doesn't make a lot of sense right now. So I think it'd work from a Boston perspective. But for the Thunder, I mean, you get a pick. That's awesome. Kemba, he is a solid starting point guard. He can give you the numbers. But do you really want to bring a guy in like that, a true leader who's going to elevate your team to the point of probably playing status by next year? And I don't. I want to see this team grow naturally through the draft. I don't want to see any veterans just coming out of nowhere and boosting us into the playoffs and, you know, leaving off into the dust in a couple years. Everyone on this team, I want to have by next year, I want to look at them and say they're probably going to be on the team in four or five years. I don't see that with Kemba Walker, so truthfully, I'm not real interested in him, but he would be much better, like I said, from a floor perspective. The deal with Kemba is if you're bringing him in, he's going to need those minutes, and you can play him off the bench. I've heard that before. I don't necessarily know if that would be a sure thing. Like, he was not, he hasn't played off the bench really at all in his career. Like, the last time I can't even picture that is when he was playing for, I think it was, were they called the Bob, I think it was the Bobcats. Like, when he first was playing for the Bobcats rookie year, he was not getting a lot of starting minutes. Maybe it was like Ramon Sessions over him. I don't know what it was, but after that, like sophomore season, he was the guy and he hasn't been on the bench ever since. So he'd be taking that hit, but he'd still be taking 25, 30 minutes a game. And I don't want to see Teo lose minutes. I don't want to see Ty lose minutes. It's just like Micic, except on a higher scale. And if you get Kemba, you ride off Micic easily. He can't play for the team. Simple as that. And if you get a draft pick who's a guard, it's all out chaos because there's just going to be so much stunted growth at the guard positions that I don't think it's going to help anybody here. And Kemba... He's good. He's a good short-term solution, but we want long-term solutions for this rebuild. That's why they lost all the games in the back end of the year. They want these draft picks, and they might want another good draft pick come next season anyways, too. So you don't want to get a guy like this who's almost like a Chris Paul, where he'll slip in, and I think the contract is probably more flippable than Kristaps, so you could give him a one-year rental. But even with that, I mean, that one year changes the trajectory so much. Even if he leaves, you're going to have an extra year of SGA, whoever the picks are going to be for the Thunder, another year of additions. They're going to be trending upwards. And if even when you take Kemba out, it's not like you're starting from ground zero like it was this season. You're going to have the foundation laid out, and you're still going to be fighting for play-ins and playoffs, maybe. You take Kemba out, you're going to have another year like this where the Thunder, they might be going for play-in status if they get the right lottery odds or the right ping-pong balls come Tuesday. But, like, I still think there's a another year left on in this. I don't think this is just a simple one-year rebuild, we're gone. This has been a fast, fast rebuild, but we're far from over here. And I think a guy like Kemba just changes the peripheral of our rebuild for good with a guy like Kristaps he's gonna improve the team but he's still gonna have those low games like he's gonna look like trash and we kind of almost want those if we want the picks like 
you can complain all you want about Darius Baisley struggling this year, but without him having those one for eight three-point nights, the Thunder wouldn't even be in the discussion for like two top five picks right now. You'd be looking at the Houston pick because they would have had so many more wins had Baisley had it down from three. So those shaky games ended up helping the Thunder so much. Kemba's going to be a plus every night. Kristaps is not. And with a $33 million price tag for the next three seasons, that's a hefty fee. And eventually it's not going to be worth it likely, but he still has the potential to be scoring and he's going to be scoring 18 to 20 points a game. I, I kind of look at him as like a Laurie Markkinen almost if we wanted a guy like that. We can get Markkinen in free agency. I think the Bulls are done with him, but you might as well get Chris Tops, get some picks, Tyrell Terry, something like that. That's a discussion, though, when it comes to Horford. I'll be talking about it later. Like I said, should be talking to some other people surrounding some of those trade ships, too. Another player I want to talk about, which is not even including Horford, is Kyle Kuzma. And this is pretty laughable. I forgot where the source came from, but it said that the Kings and the Thunder were interested in Kuzma. Why? Why on earth would you want a guy like Kyle Kuzma? There's no logical reasoning. And Kuzma was a player that I wanted, pretty much every everyone in the Thunder fan base wanted, whether they want to admit it or not. They wanted him for Dennis Schroeder. And when we only got pick 28 for him, everyone was super salty about it. Now, there's no way you're going to hand me Kyle Kuzma. Like, a year ago, it made sense. We could have used him. But now... You have the breakthrough of Baisley, now Poku. We didn't even have him when the trade rumors were circulating. We've seen him growing. There's no room at the three or the four for Kuzma right now. And the people who would be competing with him are all younger. Like Kuzma's turning 26 in July. If you're going to assume Muscala's out and Horford's out, he'd be the third oldest guy on the roster. It'd only be... Uh, yeah, it'd only be Deck and Kendrick Williams, I think. So, like, there's not a whole lot of upside to getting him, and he's not going to change anything that's going on here. The Thunder, they're rebuilding. This is just like a Kemba where, actually, I guess not even, but he's just old. Like, he doesn't fit the timeline, per se, and he could improve, he could impress, like, he's only a year away from Przingis, so I might sound like an idiot, but there's just no need to, like, if you're gonna trade Baisley or something, maybe you could scoop him out for, like, a discount, but he's just not that valuable, he's not a game changer for you, and in his first couple seasons with the Lakers, before AD came, before LeBron came, Kuzma was good, like, he averaged 19 points a game almost, sophomore year, I forgot that even happened, to be honest with you. Now he's averaging around 13 points, and, you know, shooting-wise, he shot 36% from three. So he's decent, but he doesn't, yeah, like I said, he's not going to be just so electric for you. And with the age, there's just not a lot of reason to pick him up. And that even kind of solidifies more and more once you look at his contract extension. Like, this is a contract that isn't terrible, but also, do you want to be paying this guy eight figures a year? He has for his upcoming extension, he's going to be signed until 2023-2024 on a three-year $39 million contract. So 13 mil for the next three. There's no front-end, back-end deal. Just clean cut. That's what he's going to be making. 
you're going to be getting him until he's 28 years old. And he would still be, that's like his prime year when you would be trying to go for the playoffs. By 2023, you're going to be looking at the playoffs and you're going to be maybe even shooting off those draft picks for assets. I don't know where we'd be, but Kuzma would be okay there. The thing is though, like 13 mil right now is not just funny business. You can't just be throwing that around. And I understand for the Thunder, they're going to need to trade for assets because no one wants to come to Oklahoma City willingly when you have a place like Los Angeles just right at the doorstep begging for you to play for them. You're going to go to LA. Like, there's not a lot of debate with that. That's just how things work. People, you know, a lot of these guys, they care about where they're situated at. And LA, that's the huge market. That's going to get you the marketability you want compared to a place like Oklahoma City. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just feel like he could be traded for, yes. But do you want to be using 13 mil on him and... How does this affect everybody else? Because if you get him, I do think you can still have Poku and Bayes playing, but a guy like Roby would just be pretty much axed, which I don't think is good. I think that I'd rather have Roby right now, honestly, and we'd still have to be giving up an asset. Like, there have been rumors, and I guess people are wanting like Kenrich Williams and a pick. These are Lakers fans, so they don't even understand that Kenrich Williams is a really good player. But people want to give up like Moses Brown in a deal for him. That doesn't even make sense for me. Moses Brown is a person who still has a reasonable bit of potential. He's working out in Oklahoma City, and he's a monster on the glass. If you can bulk him up and he can get solid positioning, he's going to be a very, very electric backup center for us down the line. I don't think Kuzma even grazes that, so... It's just a weird deal, and this is almost like one of those rumors you dial up on 2K, you slap it on Bleacher Report, and you call it that. Just is bad for everybody. So I write it off. Zingas and Kemba, that makes sense. Micic, I could see it, and even Deck, he could get moved. You've heard people like Baze and Teo on the block, and I guess the whole terminology of everybody but SGA is on the table could be true. I don't know about Lou Dort or Poku, but maybe everybody else is. We don't know. We're going to figure that out, you know, as things play out this year. I think a lot of that will be kind of figured out when we look at the draft because you got the draft lottery on Tuesday and you're going to see the balls. If the Thunder somehow get picks one and five, they might want to move up to like pick two or three or something, but you know, you're not going to see the heavy hitters just flying off the board like nobody's business, right? If you get number one, you're going to get Cade Cunningham and you're going to walk out there happy. You might not even need another deal. Now, would I want to trade up if we already have Cade? Hell yeah, I would, but I don't know where Presti would be at uh, in terms of a deal like that. But yeah, as I said, it's going to be on Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Make sure to watch it. It's going to be on TNT, I think, maybe ESPN, but yeah. I haven't really tuned in to lottery, draft lotteries. I mean, I watch it, but I haven't been glued to the screen. Like, last time we were in it, we got Cameron Payne at 14, and yeah, I mean, it was kind of the most uneventful, uneventful lottery ever. The one with Zion was cool, though. Same with the same with the one with Lonzo. But yeah, I mean, I'll keep you guys covered on the draft lottery stuff as we uh, approach it in the next week, and I'll still be talking draft 
prospects if you guys want me to make sure to shoot me a dm or just mention me in a tweet and you guys um you know will get my attention i might as well just take your idea if i like it probably will you guys can just find me with my name or just tweet at the podcast itself at thunderstick pod you guys can check out everybody else in the basketball podcast network like i mentioned but uh yeah i mean with everything said that is gonna do it for me today I thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.